Welcome back to That's a Tough One with me, one of your hosts, JD, and Morgan, the other host. The main host. Look, we're co hosts. But you're the hosts with the mostest. I we're, appreciate it. We're partners in podcasting. Partners in podcasting. That, that can be a podcast in itself. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I like to think partners in life. Yeah, I consider that. Yeah. Consider that a thing. You're pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. I like your energy. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like yours, too. How's your day going? It's been a day. Ooh. It's been a long day. What is up to? Usually, we record in the, on the weekends, but we're doing an evening episode today. So, we got like a little bit more of a laid-back vibe, I feel. A little bit more relaxed. But when y'all hear it, if you hear it when it released, it will be a weekend day. <laughs> it will. So, this is to y'all in the future. Yeah. Ooh. So we have our we have our like weekend podcast that we like to listen to. So maybe, hopefully, Ooh. audience, this Ooh. is your weekend podcast that you like to listen to when you're out driving on Saturdays, running errands. Yeah, flip a, those things. Flip us on. Send us to your best friend. Send us to your worst enemy. I just like people listening to us. <laughs> and see and see what their opinions are. Don't know? send us to your worst enemy. Send Don't, us to your worst enemy. Don't, Don't send us to any negative Nancys or hating Heralds or. Hey, I listen to the Hake. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and Essen, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you check us out on Instagram. Make sure you check us out on Twitter. Make sure you leave a five star review. All those good things. Yes, and the Instagram and the tweeters and the emails will all be at the bottom of the description. Mm-hmm. We are on Instagram at That's a Tough One Pod. And we're on Twitter at that's a underscore tough one. So follow us, man. You know, follow us in those places. And yeah. you know, subscribe to the podcast or whatever your podcasting host with the most is. Yeah. Listen and engage because we want to hear from you. We want to talk to you and all that good stuff. Hmm. Hmm. I know you said you got something. I got some. something a little fun, a little icebreaker. Ooh. Since I've been doing icebreakers at work all week. Ooh, and I hate them. Oh, don't hate them. It's a good way to inter- interact no, with, with new co-workers. It, it brings the opportunity for y'all to come and bond and feel each other's energies. Well, I like, I just like talking to people. That's how I like to get to know them. But, hey, I'm a good sport. I participate. You know, I make the best of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I came across a really interesting story this week. Uh, not not long enough to be like a full news topic that we cover, but just like a little something to get us warmed up. Get the pad a little moist. So this comes from Newsweek.com. And are you ready for the title? I'm ready. Woman sues McDonald's for claiming an ad made her break lint. What? <laughs> she... What was her lint thing? Don't you got to pick something for lint? So if I remember, because I haven't, man, I haven't been in Catholic school in a long time. Oh my gosh. You have to give up something for lint. Usually on, and usually on Fridays, it's a like no meat day. So uh, when I was in high school, we would get uh, fish or shrimp or something like that on that day. Or, you know, go vegetarian. Mm. So sometimes people give up things, like some people give up cussing. But then you, you're not going to eat the meat on Friday. So we'll see what she gave up. Um, so this woman uh, is suing McDonald's for allegedly spoiling her orthodox fasting. So she's Russian uh, with their advertising. So during a walk, 
she saw a poster advertising McDonald's chicken nuggets and cheeseburgers. Mm. She had fasted from meat for about a month, but she was enticed by the advertisement. She said, when I saw an advertising banner, I could not help myself. She told the court. She went to her nearest McDonald's and ordered a cheeseburger that was pictured on a poster. She has successfully fasted for the past 16 years, but this was her first time to break the fast. In the actions of McDonald's, I see a violation of the consumer protection law. I asked the court to investigate, and if a violation is taking place, to oblige McDonald's to compensate me for moral damage in the amount of 1,000 rubles. Because remember, this is in Russia. Mm. Would you like to know what 1,000 rubles translate to? I would enjoy the know. Uh, $14. Okay. So literally the cost of the <laughs> chicken nuggets and the cheeseburger. No. <laughs> no. On, on principle... I hope the judge threw it out, but if for some reason he, this judge decided I want to see her keep going, I want that. I want McDonald's to go with all their might, bringing those their top eight lawyers to just fuck her up for having the audacity <laughs> to waste not only their time, the court's time, the people that gotta work in the court's time for her. Yeah, the fact that you chose to take that to court over fourteen dollars. When the crazy part is, she probably could have just like took a bite, like ate one chicken nugget and ate the cheeseburger and took the food back to McDonald's and they probably would have given her a refund. Yeah. But you, like you said, you literally chose to take up the court's time and everybody else's time and people had to come and testify and research uh, your $14 that you want to buy from McDonald's for the ad. She chose violence and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> So, and I'm, you know what, but one thing I'll say, I'll say is I'm glad that in this case she wasn't American because, you know, people say Americans have a bad reputation for always want to sue for every little thing. And she said, hey, I'm I'm, I'm going to take a, a play out of their book. I'm going to sue. I'm going to see what I can get. I just wish she should, she could have kept that to herself because I don't know what she's, what ground. It's like, so during those 16 years, she's never seen any of her advertisement. Like that one just enticed her so much. Like the photographer <laughs> did such a good job in taking this picture and then editing it. Then it's like, wow, I gotta put that. I gotta get that meat. I mean, to a certain extent, I definitely understand because it's it's been times where I've seen a commercial for something and I've been like, man, I know it's not healthy, but I really could go for this right now. Like sometimes you just get a craving for something that's unhealthy, but you know what you do? You go in the fridge, you get you some celery. You get some peanuts, you get some fruit, drink some water, because usually when you're craving something, it means your body's dehydrated, and you move past it. Shit, drink some vodka. They ain't rushing, man. Shoot. You definitely don't go to court, eat the food, and then you feel so guilty, you go to court and sue them over over it. Yeah, I'm, I'm mad. <laughs> I'm so mad at the judge, like, took his time to, like, all right, we're going to see what McDonald's has to say. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Man, that's a good ad for them. Like, our food is so good, it makes you want to break a 14-year or 16-year Lent streak. Yeah, fuck my religious some, practices. Some chicky nuggets. Chicky, <laughs> chicky nuggets, please. Nuggies do be good. You know what? You know what ad ain't going to make you break your um, your 16-year streak? Who? Long John Silver's ad. Mm, you can see how Long John Silver's ad? She would have. She would have been safe if she would have saw Long John Silver's. <laughs> like she wouldn't have broke her her lint thing at all. That's not what I'm breaking my lint for. If I'm breaking my decades long 
Lent fast streak. I'm breaking it for like some a, a good steak or mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like a a duck breast or something like a gourmet meal. Not for no McDonald's. It, it it's unfortunate because it seems like she she ate what she wanted to eat, and her religious practices just make her feel so guilty. Right. That she's just trying to put this guilt somewhere else, and it, and that's kind that's of true. it's actually kind of sad. And she's like, I can't accept this guilt because that that mean. I'm possibly a bad person, so I gotta find somebody else to put it on, so that like I can't be held responsible for this in in front of God's eyes. But you know what she could have did? She could have kept it between herself and her priests. Yeah. And nobody would have known. And now we over here, all the way in America, talking about this lady. Yeah. Now, now, now we know she didn't believe in her religion. <laughs> not fully. Not Girl. fully committed. So, when I saw that, why she? When I heard about the story. <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? And then when I found out how much money it was, I was just like, I got, I, we got to talk about this. Did she, did she get that Mulan Szechuan sauce? So unfortunately, she it's, it was some paperwork that she had to complete and she did not complete it. So at the point where the story was published, the case is not going to go forward. She probably got shame bad enough that <laughs> she was like, okay, I'm over it. It's done. It's done. Yes, but one day she's going to listen to That's a Tough One and she's going to be like, wow. <laughs> I don't understand what they're saying, but I know they're talking about me. When we start translating it in Russian. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool, actually. Mm-hmm. Russian translator for that's a tough one. <laughs> Let me t- are they going to take our stuff? No. Whoa. Damn Russian bots. Thank you for letting me share that little juicy tidbit to get us going. It was extra juicy. Mm-hmm. And let me go to... Not unlike those dry McDonald's cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't talk about McDonald's. They might want to sponsor us one day. That's, you know what, McDonald's? Your food delicious. Your fries oh, listen, up. We don't got to lie now. I bro. love Szechuan sauce. Ain't nobody getting no money yet. You right. Ain't, ain't no free ads mm-hmm. out here. She's like, no, hey, you want to spit some bread? Apple pie is going to taste good. Oh, they're going to copy strike us. They're going to ask them, them Negroes gonna talk about us and use our song. Oh no, pull that whole episode down, buddy. <laughs> All right, what sh- what news story you got for us today? Breaking news off News One after being cut. Tim Not Tebow. News One. Yeah, News One. <laughs> okay. Tim Tebow, thankfully for for the second chance that the NFL gave him, but won't give Colin Kaepernick. Ooh. Ooh. Tim Tebow. They were, as they wrote in the story, he had a tweet where he says, thankful for the highs and even the lows, the opportunities and the setbacks. I've never wanted to make decisions out of fear of failure, and I'm grateful for the chance to have pursued a dream. Mm-hmm. So, you know, basically. Several times he pursued that dream. Several times, because Tim Tebow's been out of the league for a while, and he was afforded the opportunity to try out at a because he was the quarterback, quarterback mm-hmm. before the Gators, got drafted in the first round by the Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. uh, bounced around to a couple teams, been out the league for years, years, and was afforded the opportunity to come back with the Jacksonville Jaguars to try out Adam Brink at a new position. He wasn't trying to still play quarterback because right. he, he, I don't want to say he failed, but he didn't live up to anybody's relevant expectations. Right. So they let him come back to training camp. He played in the preseason game. Um, he did get cut from the roster, but he was, like I said, afforded the opportunity mm-hmm. to go out there and attempt to make a roster spot. See yeah. what he got. Uh, when you got players like like Colin Kaepernick, who unfortunately 
they told they told that um biracial man to sit his behind down mm-hmm. and you can't go on the field. And it's it's something it's something to think about. I know that Tim Tebow was willing to come back as a veteran's minimum and play for play a play a different position, you know. Yeah. Being a tight end, I, I was a tight end in college, you know, go go Tennessee State. But it's not like you that position lends itself to being the face of the franchise in most cases. Mm. So he he did translated that but he is he's also already Tim Tebow so it really didn't matter mm-hmm. uh, and it, but it's unfortunate because I know the reason Colin Kaepernick they were was never going to be afforded an opportunity at this point right. it's, too, it's too late yeah, I know yeah. he every once in a while he'll say like you know I'm still waiting for my chance but this I mean I, think I mean gonna, how old is he at this point I think 34 35 mm-hmm. um, but I think we can all agree that his the comeback is over and but it, it it's unfortunate because when you, when you break it down, it's all because of one man wanted to take a knee against a social injustice. Mm. And I guess the real story is how that, well, just a within this story about how Colin Kaepernick they they changed his message to suit their needs to give him excuse to to give them a narrative to shame him. Uh, shame what he was trying to stand for and change it to something completely different. Mm-hmm. It went from, hey, I'm, I'm just taking a knee, um, not to disrespect the flag, but to, you know, just to say I, I don't like the social justice of people being treated differently with law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And then to spin around is that he's not supporting the troops. Mm-hmm. He's disrespecting the flag and the country. I'm like, oh, that, that probably wasn't happening why he took a knee for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of those situations where I don't think it's accurate to make a one-to-one comparison of Tebow's situation versus um, Colin Kaepernick. Because I feel like, and I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. You definitely know more about football than I do. But I almost feel like if you want to compare two people who like you know having chances to get back into the league or make staying relevant it's almost like a Johnny Menzel and a Tim Tebow so like they both had a lot of hype around them they both you know were only in the league for a short period of time but it's just some it's something about Tebow I think just that core fan base that he developed and that image of like the squeaky clean cut Christian white dude this like he just keeps getting chance after chance after chance whether that's being in the NFL, getting back into the NFL, being a sports analyst, playing baseball, it just seems like he's almost like an industry plant when it comes to professional sports of where it's like they want him to happen and to be successful and he can just kind of float around and try different things and he'll continue to be given chance after chance after chance. So like maybe at this point his time in the NFL will be done, but maybe he'll be, you know, hosting a game show next or he'll be you know he'll get a podcast and he'll get like top uh you know athletes to come on and talk to him and he'll be successful that way so I feel like Tebow is going to be in the limelight and you know have always have a job he'll be booked and busy because the powers that be just like want Tebow to be booked and busy and I think a lot of people just like align with his what they feel like his image is or his, his like religiosity and all that stuff, what it represents versus uh, it's like plenty of other white quarterbacks who 
washed out of the league or didn't make it in the you know uh, out of league and they didn't get a second chance, including not to mention the other ones like Kaepernick. But I don't think it's fair to necessarily say like, well, Colin Kaepernick didn't get a chance to come back, but Tebow did. It's like yeah, but so plenty of other white quarterbacks who didn't as well, mm-hmm. including Kaepernick. Oh yeah. Not saying what they did to Kaepernick was necessarily fair, but I think. Like, if Tebow didn't really have any scandals or anything that happened for why he is no longer in the league, it was more so just, like, he wasn't good enough. Yeah. Yeah. And and honestly, you can can really say that about Colin Kaepernick at that time. (laughs) Yeah, with with Colin Kaepernick, he really, his last two years in the league, Mm -hmm. they were, the second to last year was not good. And he didn't start that last year. He started half the season. He played, he played okay. Uh, he 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 was he's he, at that time he was definitely good enough to be in the league, and then when uh San Francisco cut him, went around the league. Some I know it was a couple teams. I remember Baltimore Ravens wanted to sign him, mm-hmm. and his girlfriend did make certain comments that were not the best, and I know that didn't happen. And at at, at that time he had a, his name was hot in those streets mm-hmm. so none of the none of the owners wanted to take it up but it and I can all I know the story was trying to say oh well how come Kaepernick didn't get signed hmm. <laughs> but both quarterbacks were on the decline since he was never good in the league Colin Kaepernick led his team to Super Bowl he was definitely uh, at one point an elite quarterback in the league and he was still a good quarterback when he was not afforded another opportunity but it's one of those things. Unfortunately, everybody's not afforded opportunities. You can be the best computer programmer, right. the best plumber, but it doesn't mean you always get another chance mm-hmm. to use those skills, that skill set again. Given what, how people perceive you, how if the, the that organization doesn't want to take on that heat, even if they believe in your cause, yeah. it's like why why would I risk alienating my fan base? And uh, I think another difference with Tim Tebow. It, especially, I know you brought up Johnny Manziel, but Tim Tebow, his core fan base loves football and Christianity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so I, I can see like we, we can bring Tim Tebow in, we can sell a bunch of his jerseys mm-hmm. and the core. Fan, Whether he's good or not, good or not, they, mm-hmm. his fan base loves. But football, then know? again, he was cut, so mm-hmm. maybe maybe they found out because I, I know. Um, I heard some other people having some conversations and the news initially broke that he was going to be playing again in the NFL. And they said, yeah, he'll probably last as long as the fans turn out. And I feel like at this point in the preseason, maybe the Tim Tebow effect has worn off. Maybe, you know, first first few events, they were packed. Then that turnout started to slow down. You know, he's older. He's been out of college for a while. He's been out of the league for a while. Maybe the fan base isn't as big as it was five or ten years ago, and they realized they weren't gonna get as much press or publicity. And he's also just not—he wasn't good in the position. Mm-hmm. So maybe you know they they realized like, oh, okay, maybe it wasn't as beneficial a move as they thought it was gonna be. Yeah, I think uh, it honestly comes down to he wasn't good enough to at this at this moment to play tight end. Yeah. Um, on the NFL roster. I mean, they might. Who's to say they don't three weeks from now sign him to the roster and use him as like a gadget quarterback? But to play the position of tight end at this moment, he wasn't one of the 
good enough to be be out there for that. But man, let's say let's just talk about how privileged he is to just be able to like dabble in the NFL, dabble in the MLB, dabble as a sports analyst, like people's literal dream jobs. He's done three of them. And who knows what his next adventure is going to be. And I I just think it's fascinating because like no shades Tebow, he's not like the most interesting man. He's not the best the best like looking man. He's just oh, well, what you tell Tebow is beautiful. <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a nice looking guy, but he's not like, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? He's not making anybody's jaws drop. It's just fascinating how, when the powers that be want you to succeed, you're gonna succeed, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the NFL uh, is definitely a place where comebacks are made, and you know, stories can unfold in surprising ways. But I think Tim Tebow is better off just using his star power and going in a different direction and he's at this point he's what he's definitely in his 30s right yeah he's in his 30s so he's only got probably got a few more years of professional sports to play unless he maybe he gonna pop up in the olympics and table tennis or rock climbing or something who Hand, knows handball team <laughs> yeah who knows i mean we have shoot. Teaming up. it's like do you have to be good at something to qualify or you just have to be tebow to qualify because at this point time, he baby. might be at there running 100 you know just because they Ooh. might just give him a spot He's such a patriot. He loves America and he loves God. Some people will pretend to pull a hammy and be like, oh, <laughs> but I did it for my team. I finished the race. Oh my goodness. Oh Lord. No. I think they underestimated when the when the last time anybody actually did the Tebow. And he probably wasn't feeling those stands. Yeah, wasn't Tebow and taking a knee or something? That was his thing. He was the the Tebow. Yeah, pose. but he was he was praying though. He, he was, was thanking God every he, play. Giving our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> Please let us win this football game and make the other team suffer in defeat. Meanwhile, don't you dare dance when you get a touchdown though. Mm-hmm. Don't you dare do no. <laughs> if I see that, if I see that dog skin jarring his hips one more time, about my little young daughter. Oh man, don't make me feel things now. What you dancing? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You, gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you got something for us or anything? You know what I do indeed. Ooh. Now that we done tackled Tebow, we tackled him. We tackled us. We tackled <laughs> each other. So Tebow look like he tackled a lot of different people. Hey, that's maybe for another day. Mm-hmm. Another day. All right, so. I thought today you think it would be fun to um look for an article to talk about something that I find like really fascinating and confusing uh so it's not like an a current event it's just more of like an a thing that I've noticed has been really popular um and growing in popularity and I just want to talk about it with you and get some get your perspective and opinion oh, what are they talking about Alright, so this article comes from BuzzFeed, uh, and it was published last month by Michael Blackman, and the title of the article is, Disney adults are having a magical time whether you like it or not. For those House of Mouse fans, the brand offers more than childhood nostalgia. It's an ever-present lifestyle, and they're not ashamed of it. Um, So it's a pretty long article, but I figured I would just like read a couple little sections and we could talk through this 
phenomena, the Disney adult, and what that means. Yeah. You know what's crazy? Yeah, man, I saw some dude. He was like going. He was at Disney, just drinking water from the water fountains. Is yeah. it those type of people? Uh, definitely <laughs> a Disney enthusiast, and he was banned. He he was banned, but I mean, at the end of the day, he was a grown man drinking water mm-hmm. from public water fountains. Not not like drinking fountains, but from like like when you toss coins in type of fountains. Yes. Yeah, we get a different breed. We're going to learn about some more of those people. So <clears throat> here's an example. One woman named Kari. She's 47. Um, and she talked about how she made a 30-hour drive to California mm-hmm. from Chicago to spend three days in Disneyland eight weeks after her youngest son was born. And she said they just basically drove straight there. She walked around Disneyland breastfeeding the baby. And she just, you know, she just had to get there. Yep. I feel like it would have been shorter to go to Orlando. (laughs) (laughs) Which she did also do last year. She drove 20 hours straight to Orlando. Oh, my bad. In terms of her having a newborn baby. When when did the baby stop being new? Uh, You know what? That's the question. Maybe like after four months. Well, her baby was still new. Eight weeks. Mm -hmm. That's two months. In mother terms. Um, yeah. Probably um, want to... She's different. She built different. He spoke to a 32-year-old woman named Kendra. Oh, real quick, I thought you were going to say the baby spoke. I want to say, <laughs> that's a genius baby. A baby... Was it baby geniuses? No. Okay, never mind. Uh, he also spoke to a 32-year-old woman named Kendra who talks about carrying an Elsa doll uh, around Disney World with her. Oh. On the trip that she took when she was 24. And then he notes, some last names have been withheld throughout this piece to protect sources' privacy. That was Kendra. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Kendra did, said, don't don't post my yeah, last name. Yeah, about that lie, boy. But did she buy the Elsa doll there and hold it? Because that's, that's different. Does that make it less... Yeah, if, I, if I'm walking around the park and I buy... And, and like, if you bought a doll... No, I think it was like for comfort from this, from the way it sounded. See, see, my doll, they being spicy with how they were. And it's a... Mm-hmm. Um, another woman named Krayla, uh, once prioritized going to Animal Kingdom over reconciliation with her boyfriend, saying the two broke up midway through a vacation. As devastating as all that was, all I could say, and all that mattered was going to Animal Kingdom with or without him. So she actually chose to end her relationship. Mm-hmm. So she could miss a trip to Animal Kingdom. I mean, Animal Kingdom is fun. I mean, I can't really blame her for that one. I mean, relationship with Animal Kingdom. I mean, <laughs> there's plenty of fish in the sea. One person said, uh, Disney is designed to appeal to people of all ages, but it's for children. And the adults who still obsess over it desperately need to acquire a kink or at least a hobby. <laughs> <clears throat> Which I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with being in a fandom. Like I, I consider myself to be a part of different fandoms. Um, would I? Do I have a fandom that I would let my marriage dissolve to be a part of? No. Because mm-hmm. I mean, within Disney, I mean, like what, what's a grown-up fandom that's that's good? I mean, they got Marvel. 
uh, the MCU, they yeah. have Star Wars. Yeah. They'll still um, market those towards kids, but you can definitely be an adult and enjoy the some of the complex storylines within those. And it's, to me, like, especially for millennials, we grew up watching Disney animated movies like, oh, what's in the vault? What's coming out of the <laughs> vault? So, like, I totally understand as an adult, it's nothing wrong with you loving The Little Mermaid, Toy Story, like, those movies are a big part of your childhood, yeah. you know? And I'm, I can imagine for some people it's, like, really comforting or it's nostalgic or whatever. Let me some time you know, it's nothing wrong with enjoying Disney. Um, but I, I think the question is, like, is it healthy to be doing things like ending a relationship over a theme park, maybe, like, taking a... Eight, a two month old on a 30 hour car trip just to get back in inside of Disney <laughs> it's like you back now now what like okay I'm gonna look yeah. at it I'm gonna look at it I'm gonna keep walking now so yeah, yeah. so he also interviewed another another couple um, named Tim and Carissa they have visited hundreds of times um, over 300 times Mm. Um, Carissa visited Disneyland. She said she would literally go every single Friday while she was in college. And so, uh, once they got together, (laughs) she got him into Disney and, and like becoming just going from just a casual fan to like a Disney fanatic. So when it was time for them to pick their honeymoon, Originally, they were going to go to Hawaii, but they decided to indulge in Disney by doing the gourmet dining and the upscale hotels. And of course, they had a Disney theme proposal inside of the theme park. Um, And she says, my husband literally did not understand it at all when we first met. Um, And he said, I love everything about you, but if I could eliminate this one part of your life it would be better but now six years later he says stuff like oh you know i could really be at a disney park right now or i miss this park or i really want to try this restaurant and she said people don't realize how much there is for adults to do there and now he's like really into it i mean is there really a lot for adults to do in disney or i mean it is I mean, I'm, of course, you. I mean, you can do everything, but is it really a lot for adults? Like, I'm not a big Disney fan, so if I walked in there, like, I'm, I probably, I mean, I have an okay time because I remember the last time I went to Disney. Yeah. I was in my twenties, mm-hmm. and it, it just wasn't for me. Like, if I had a small child, I would have loved it. Oh yeah, definitely. Their, their eyes open up and like, oh my gosh, I'd be like, yeah, I'd be snapping all the pictures. But I don't have any kids uh, that you know of. <laughs> Very funny, but hilarious. There are no chill. If, if me just being an adult going in there, I'm like, okay, this is it's cool, it's fun, but I was tired. I'm like, I'm ready to go. I guess I feel like as somebody who I like theme parks. Yeah. Um, I like staying on Disney property, but in when I think about my honeymoon, I don't picture like a mom running over my foot with a stroller. Or a child like peeing into a water bottle while I'm standing in line for <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean behind me. I mean, of course, to each their own. Every couple can do whatever they want to do. But I think maybe when you're saying to people like, oh, I can't wait to get back to Disney. Like, I just, 
I'm just in the mood. I wish I was in a park right now. It's like doing what? Center line, eating pretzels and corn dogs and other Mickey shaped things, watching some three year old have a, a tantrum, you know, watching a dad abandon his family. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just so much that, that can go wrong. And I I mean, I guess if you're having a good time, but yeah. it, it doesn't seem like you're having a good time. Just watching all these small kids just walk around while you try to, would you going to elbow them to try to get that that uh, that Minnie Mouse lollipop? So here's another one. Um, this woman says, Jesse says, like Disney is a safe space for her. It represents just like magical a magical place where the weight of the world disappears. She listens to Disney instrumentals at work to oh. take some of the stress off. And her sister, Missy, said that between the two of them, they have spent sixty to seventy-five thousand dollars per person on trips to Disney. Per person on trips to Disney, um, they like going to the parks. They like going to the resorts on a hard day, and they also do enjoy watching Disney videos on YouTube and just like watching people walk through the park. So this is a part of their like everyday life. Um, many of their best memories were at Disney World. One sister said that she went on a trip to Zimbabwe and all she could think was she really wished she was in Animal Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> like did you want to go to Zimbabwe? You didn't have to go to Zimbabwe. I, I'm sorry but like I don't I don't mean to laugh or judge like I never want to judge anybody's experiences or what you know what brings them comfort but I think it's time to take back and have a little perspective when you're in a country that Animal Kingdom is probably based a little <laughs> bit on like the spirit of African nations is in Animal Kingdom and you would rather be like the artificial imitation of that thing than to be just having a different experience like it's nothing wrong with going to Disney but like you should be able to have other trips that you also appreciate. Disney has fans. There probably wasn't no fans in Zimbabwe. Um, oh, now those I mean, views do not represent those of. No, no, no. I'm I'm saying like Disney is comfortable at all times. Like, no, it's not. Well, for the most part, they try. They do almost their best to make it mostly comfortable for a super fan like her. That one fan within 300 feet. That's all she needs. Now she go to Zimbabwe and she go on a real safari and there ain't no 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 fan over there. She go she mad like I miss Disney. I miss that fake bear jumping at me. <laughs> I mean, I guess I, on a smaller scale, like I definitely have TV shows and movies that I like to watch over and over again because like the familiarity is soothing and comfortable, things like that. So I get it, but I I think just my automatic reaction is like. $75,000 spent in a theme park. I mean, you can do it. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, it costs about $8 just to get a, um, just to get like a, a cup of water. <laughs> For so, real. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's, um, I think they make a good point of pointing out like some of the actual criticisms that you could say about Disney adults. And there is that a bit, a big chunk of them go to the theme parks without kids. And they spend a lot of money, you know, on the merchandise, the tickets, and the clothing. I know at one point when I was at Disney World, the last time I went, it was really hard to get certain things like popcorn buckets because 
people will go in and they will buy all the popcorn buckets to sell on eBay. Or if there's like pen trading in the park, sometimes when you have this huge influx of adults, they like offset the enjoyment for the kids. Yeah. And so even though Disney is a park for everyone, I think it's unfair for like us as millennials there wasn't this huge Disney adult thing. It was no eBay for people to go like buy all this merchandise up or like vloggers who want to go ride the newest ride and things like that. And so it's like, well, how is this affecting kids ability to enjoy the park? Like if, if me and you are adults and we have all this disposable income so we can go, you know, get on these rides earlier and we can spend more money. We can have these experiences and then, like, this average mom can't get her kids on half the rides at Disney because mm-hmm. all the millennials are there vlogging and they're getting on the fast pass. It's like, how fair is that? Yeah, I, I definitely don't feel it's fair. And I, I definitely don't, don't enjoy the aspect of adults buying all the novelty items. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's meant, it's, they're meant for everybody. I know that you think your eBay business is thriving if I buy 20 of these popcorn. Yeah popcorn buckets you can sell them for triple the price but when you're stuck when you bought 20 and you're still stuck with 17 of them I mean was it really worth it it's like yeah and you'll, be, and you'll be quick to say I made my money back mm-hmm. but you still have 17 popcorn bu- buckets they're yeah. just gonna sit there when a kid could have bought those enjoyed their use them yeah they would have <laughs> used it it would have been beat yeah, up no. and they would have thrown it away but they would have enjoyed it and that's a memory they would always have and that's one of those things that adults just ruin or something. Mm-hmm. And not not and not being, I want to say no ill intent, but you you're just taking enjoyment. Like you you got to consider things like that. When I buy fifty of them, is that that little kid behind me going to be able to get one? Exactly. And I think the article and just like the the conversation around Disney adult Disney adults and them just like ruining the fun of something for others or for the larger group or maybe like overindulging like it's nothing wrong with you hey if the haunted mansion is your favorite ride you got a little tattoo of the haunted mansion that's not hurting anybody if you want to go to disney once a year if you even if you want to move to orlando to be closer you know to disney world and you're not harming anybody there's nothing wrong with that but i think just like this idea of like people being obsessed with stuff has kind of become a trend and it's really kind of gotten out of hand in the last like year especially between like Disney adults and people obsessed with Yeti <laughs> and I think we talked about like um, people obsessed with buying things they go viral on TikTok and things sells out super fast like it's just this almost like I gotta hurry up and get it and do it so before other people but it's like causing other people to miss out on those experiences it's like we're almost hoarding the experiences by buying so much and being the first person to do this or film this or vlog that. Yeah. And then how much are you actually enjoying those experiences or those items? You're, you're not. You're not. Yeah. You can't be. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm still bad about that candle holder from Bath and Body Works. Like, those candle... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Tell them, you know what? Tell them, baby. You, you, my, every morning, you, you get up and you watch your, your eight videos of people going to Home Goods. And Bath and Body Works and all these stores buying their Halloween stuff in August. And apparently they, who the Bath and Body Works had a candle yeah. holder shaped like yeah. a hand. 
and it became real popular. They released it when they weren't before, a day early. A day early, and those the same people that buy all the popcorn buckets at Disney mm-hmm. bought them. <laughs> probably low key, probably so. Yeah, they bought twenty of the candle holders so they can have them and sell like two of them, and they'll just be stuck with them. They have to throw them away in like yeah, two years. They'll be on eBay. They'll be on eBay purgatory forever. Yeah, and I think it's just frustrating where it's like whether it's sneakers. Or it's something in Bath and Body Works or it's some whatever these items are, like people just go in and they buy more than their fair share. Like if you wanna buy one and sell one, even that's better than what some of these people are doing, you know? Cause everybody thinks they're gonna be the ones to get in and flip it for twice as much. And mm-hmm. you know, it somebody is. Somebody's gonna buy yeah. twenty of them and flip all twenty. Somebody's gonna buy twenty of them. And flip one, and you stuck with nineteen. And don't when it's you, and I hope I hope you think about it for the fact, like, wow, I really didn't let that other family get this item. Listen, PS fives, like, that's a console. It don't make no sense that it was so many kids that couldn't get that thing because people were buying it and putting them on eBay and Amazon for a thousand dollars. You know, like back in the day, when something a console would come out. Maybe you couldn't get it that first month that the thing came out. Like my Xbox One. I couldn't get it in November, like right when it first came out. But I was able to get it at some point before the end of the year, you know. Mm-hmm. And that that thing has been out for, what, over a year now? And it's still not, you can't just walk into a store and buy it. You can't get it on Amazon. Like people are still hunting down PS5s. And a big part of that is because of resellers. Yes. Yeah, resellers is a big part. I want my Sony a little bit for not... Yeah, probably produce yeah. as much, but if somebody walks into Target or Best Buy and they buy twelve of them, I mean, goddamn, you ain't nobody yeah. else got a shot. Like, no, no, we we're like far off the subject of Disney adults now, but I think it just all kind of ties into this sense of like me, 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 my experience, my obsession, you know, me fulfilling my need comes first, and like other people getting their needs met doesn't really matter as much, but. I hope, hey, if you love Disney, nothing wrong with it. You pay your Disney Plus subscription. You wear Mickey ears. You have Mickey waffles. You know, just make sure when you go to Disney, you're not ruining the magic for, you know, some other little kids so they can grow up and have good memories like you do. Mickey down. Mickey, chest, (laughs) pants, shoes. In that club, VIP. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mickey on me. I'm glad you didn't show up like that on our first date. That probably would have been like, ooh. Mm-mm. <laughs> and I'd have been like, ooh, I gotta go. But I be Mickey down. Pull up in that club, Mickey Uh huh. You got a story you want to share? I do have a story. Less heartwarming is weird Mickey adults. Oh, okay. Mm, I be doing that. I don't know why. Well, my story comes from the slate. Mm-hmm. The headline, prisoners are increasingly banning... Well, prison... I'm sorry. <clears throat> prisons are increasingly banning physical mail. They stopping the prisons from getting their mail. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. So they just want them to get emails or they're not getting anything? Here's how it goes. Okay. And this is another subline. For incarcerated people, handwritten letters can be a lifeline. But prisons and jails are restricting them. And um, basically, the story comes down to it's always for money. 
There, oh, wow. There's a, a company. So basically, they get their sub contracted company. Okay. So the prisoners, all the letters go to them. They get the letters, mm-hmm. they make photocopies of them, and then they give them to the prisoners. That way, they're saying to eliminate contraband because apparently people were spraying like drugs and narcotics like on letters oh. and saturating them. So when they get in there, they can you know they can break it up and yeah. sell it when they get into prison. Um, but also, and but a lot for a lot of these people, this is some of the that communication with your family, right. getting those yeah. handwritten letters, it feels good. And Cherish we, that. Like we're not thinking about the prisoners. <clears throat> On how how they they're gonna respond to get out, and at one point of the article, um, they write the person they the printed scans I collected were very low quality, including blurry, darkened fa- wow. family photos that left wow. incarcerated people un- unable to make out their loved ones' faces. Even the more readable Ooh. scans left much to be desired, because after all, physical mail is really just about reading. Incarcerated people couldn't run their fingers over the loved one's handwriting or grab some piece of paper that had been held by someone familiar. Wow. And it, it, it's just really sad because that, that, that can be your last lifeline. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm already in prison. I'm in prison, let's say, for five years. Mm-hmm. I just want to get a handwritten letter from my family. Yeah. Read it. Yeah, you got to get... I know you. some people think you got to make it tough, double tough, but a lot of these people, they're going to get out one day and do you want them to be able to ingratiate themselves back into community right. or do you just want them to feel jaded the whole time they're not mm-hmm. going to get out and like oh, oh it's so bad I don't want to go back in and they're like no they're going to be like F you fuck you and I think like you have a good point in saying that not everybody who's in jail is a serial killer or a rapist you know like some of these people are in jail for things that I don't think that type of cruelty is you know equivalent to like if if i'm in jail for shoplifting if i'm in jail for you know i got into a fight i knocked out the wrong person i got sentenced to something i just you know i made mistakes Mm -hmm. you know i wasn't i was an accessory to something or i was a victim of domestic violence i defended myself against my my partner now i'm in jail you know i'm doing some time or whatever it is like they're still human beings Everybody in jail is not a monster, um, you know, deserve, who deserves to be denied basic human kindness is like being able to communicate with their loved ones. And I, I feel like it's just so excessive between, you know, jail is dirty, jail is, is sometimes there's no air, you know, sometimes they don't, they don't get fresh air, they don't get adequate food, they don't get adequate health care. It's like, well, how much more can we deny a person? You know, and it's just, to me, it feels like, well, what can we take away next? What can we take away next? What can we take away next? Also, in the midst of COVID happening. Yes. So, illness, death, loss, fear, you know, you're cutting them off from the outside world. Yes, because in one, one of the stories, well, one of the last story in the article is somebody talks, talks about how their uncle had just got released uh, from prison. And unfortunately, he would die from COVID a few hours later after being released. Wow. Recently hit from cardiac arrest as a result of uh, of COVID. Wow. And that person was just like, my uncle, 
he would they they would like to think that some of their handwritten letters just helped their uncle Ooh. be able to get through this situation. And it's such a it's such a small thing because I know I know they one of the concerns they had was for the the staff. Being, yeah. If there are drugs on the envelopes, how they can be personally exposed and how it can negatively affect their health. You I mean you can have a whole overdose depending on the narcotic and how how you handle it. And I but I wonder what percentage of letters that was happening with. Yes, if you tell me it was one letter the whole year that happened with, it's like. Because the company, like, are they not opening the letters? Like, what's happening there? Well, this to me is just, like, another reason how people, like, the prison system is never going to end because there's too many people profiting from it. So now you have a company that exists solely to read these letters and photocopy these letters, and they're making money doing that. And so why would you stop that system when it's, like, they're profiting off of these people being in jail Mm-hmm. Give me a, a grainy picture. Like, wow, my grandma sent me a picture of her and my nieces right. and nephews, and I have a grainy picture. And I the just... care is the care is not there because if you care, you would at least take good photocopies or as best you could photocopies. You know, because if you have the envelope and the letter, and you know it's not dangerous, like I don't understand. Give it to them. It's it's like yeah. the same thing. It's like we're trying to skip a step that didn't need to be skipped somebody there's still an employee that's opening it mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure they had the same procedures you do they have on gloves they might have on the mask they're opening the letter making sure there's nothing in it nothing crazy and they're, all they're doing is photocopying it instead of just handing it to you the could prison. just hand you could just put it back in the envelope and give it back to give it back to them yes it's, it's the same thing and they still get their handwritten letter sometimes that's, that's all you gotta, you gotta give people some hope it's, a, it's such a little thing. It's a little thing to give them, but it's such a little thing to take away. I think as soon as you start treating people like they're not human beings, you can do anything to them. And I feel like, you know, in psychology, we saw this, you know, mm-hmm. with the with the prison experiments and things. It's like you give people a little bit of power. You create this other, you demonize this other. And all of a sudden, they, they don't have rights. They don't deserve rights. They don't deserve family. They don't deserve human kindness they don't deserve touch they don't, you know and it's like that that doesn't that's not how you bring people back into society that's not how you keep them from committing crimes that's how you make them hopeless yeah. and desperate you know yeah, you de- dehumanizing these yeah. people it's like how 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 much can you just I mean you already taken away they don't got no freedom they're not going out right. they're not going to the bar they're not going to the movies Jail. they're not hitting up a happy hour jail's not fun already man they're not they're, they're not living it up eating all these big meals they're not eating mm-hmm. steak nobody's eating flaming young in prison um it is it, it's, it's like we're you're, you're you're solving a problem where it didn't exist and like you said it's a private interest group uh, they they found a way. Hey, we can do this, and we can make some money. It's like yeah. who, who's profiting for from this? Like, what's what are you? What, Ooh, what's the point? Man. And I know they tried to implement this in some prisons, and currently trying to. It's in a couple of federal prisons, and they they're concerned that once it once it gets federal, right, it's just going to trickle down to the state yeah. level. Man, it's it's funny how like when you look back in history, like they had chain gangs. And they had all these like cruel systems, like physical ways of punishing people, torturous ways of punishing people for going into jail. And now we call ourselves like more involved and humane, but it's just a different way of torturing people. Like denying you sunlight, denying you like nutrition, 
denying you like the foods that and I'm, I'm not saying prison should be necessarily fun but because everybody in there doesn't deserve to have fun but everybody in there doesn't deserve to be so severely punished and it's no rehabilitation no you know we're trying we're trying to be now it's like unfortunately a lot of these people are going to get out they're going to be back in society Let's not take away everything from them. Let's not take away their humanity and be surprised when they don't, you know, when they behave a certain way, Mm -hmm. when they get out, or when it's hard for them to adjust, or when they do more extreme things to survive and to get along. So, wow, I'm definitely anti-excessive punishment. So that's sad to hear. Mm -hmm. You bummed us all out. I didn't try to. <laughs> I blame the federal system. Man, that yeah, that's really bad. Yeah. But get yeah. out there and advocate, people. Yeah. Like, you know, you hear something you don't like, get out there and advocate. Write a letter. Yeah, because I guess the company has leading the way. <laughs> well, I said called. write a letter. I didn't yeah. mean that to be funny. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, write a letter to Smart Communications. Um, this how it spells Smart Communications because they're the ones trying to lead the way mm-hmm. in the industry that didn't need to exist and actually doesn't serve, doesn't re- really help anybody really is because mm. if there are drugs in the envelope, aren't you just exposing your employees instead of it being the federal employees? So there's still there's wow. still a person that has to handle it. Making money off human suffering ain't mm-hmm. that something? Mm-hmm. They make it easier for them. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> you got something for us? Yes, I do. What you got today? We're winding down. We are winding. Our last story. Ooh. So you know where we're going. Where we going? We going over to the, uh, what the people call? We on Reddit. Oh my gosh. We on a classic subreddit. Am I the asshole? You said naughty words? I did. I forgive you. But these people, they doing naughty things. Oh my God. We got to talk about it. Asshole. (laughs) You ready? Yes. A-I-T-A for canceling my niece's college fund upon discovering what she's been doing to me and my wife for months. Gut reaction prediction. Right now, he the asshole. <laughs> I, I know okay. something, something had to happen, but just based on that, he's the asshole. She out of college. She going to Dartmouth for Harvard. Like, <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah. It's a little on. bit of a long one. I feel like I said that every week. It's a long one. Um, it's a right. novella. My wife and I struggled with infertility for years and we're still trying more options, but close to losing hope. I have a 16-year-old niece that is like a daughter and a friend. Considering I'm doing well financially, I decided to take care of her education and start a college fund so she could attend the college of her choice. My brother and his wife are um, very aware and appreciated very much. They always talk about what a generous, loving uncle and, and I'm unlike my younger brother. Um, I've been dealing with a series of unusual, unexplainable events like receiving texts at work from someone pretending to be my wife, informing me of some big news like her being pregnant, or finding mysterious envelopes in my car when I'm at my parents and the envelopes contain letters from someone saying that they're pregnant. My wife and I had no idea who was playing with us like that. We knew it was someone close and had suspected it was my brother-in-law. Last week, I was visiting my brother's house, and my car was in the driveway. I was with my brother and sister-in-law, but my niece left for a few minutes, and then she returned. I said goodbye and left. While I was approaching my car, I noticed a sign on the windshield. I took a look, and the sign read, I'm pregnant, written largely. 
I was confused because I knew no one from this neighborhood and suspected someone who knew me did it. I called my wife and she again said this was false. I took the sign and went back to my brother's house to help figure this out. He said someone must have left it on the wrong car, but I explained that it didn't happen to me before. He just shrugged, but my sister-in-law pointed at the sign and said the writing looked similar to my niece's writing style. My brother told her to stop, but I called my niece to come downstairs. She denied, but got nervous and admitted to leaving the sign on the windshield and to sending the letters and texts pretending to be my wife. Um, she didn't have ill intent, just did it for laughs. I blew up, telling her she was out of line, to think mocking my and my wife's suffering and playing us for months was funny. I said I was mad, I was disappointed, and won't ever be looking at her the same. I informed her, my brother, and my sister-in-law that I officially canceled the college fund I started for her due to her cruelty and disrespect for us. She broke down, saying she meant no harm or disrespect and was just messing with me. My brother said I can't actually make this decision based on a small mistake my niece made. He said this is her future that I was giving up on and my decision will have a lasting impact. I cut the conversation and left after he tried to talk me out of um, giving her this harsh punishment. But to me, this was no punishment, just realizing she didn't deserve my hard-earned money. My brother said I exaggerated. He actually thinks punishing her by taking away electronics and having her do work around the house should be enough punishment, not canceling the fun I started for her. But I already told him canceling the fun was not a punishment, but a reaction for me finding out what she's been doing over two months. Also, she did apologize profoundly and said she regretted what she did, but still insisted she didn't do it out of hate or ill intention. She loves my wife and my wife loves her. I'm the closest to her and the whole family from when she was younger and she says I'm like a second father to her so what do you think I think she needs to I don't blame him at all for the decision he made he I mean that's that's a trying time he's trying to get him and his wife have been trying to have a child yeah. the natural way and it's like I don't understand what she thought was funny for him to get a little hope every time Mm-hmm. She was like, "What? What's the? What's the joke? Mm. You know what I'm saying?" She said she was mm-hmm. doing this to, for her own amusement, and I like as her dad. I know you're trying to say, "Well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't want to punish her mm-hmm. for such a small mistake." Like, what's small about it? Like, you know, I'm trying to have a child. You know, we're struggling, and like, tell tell your brother what. I, I just want the. I would love for them to know what's funny. Yeah, and I mean. Top comment, by the way, mm-hmm. says NTA, which means not the asshole, but it probably wouldn't hurt if you sent her a few mysterious texts that say you want a scholarship just for laughs, <laughs>, <laughs> which I mean, I, and I think we have this conversation all the time about like, there can be jokes that are mean, like, you know, edgy jokes, everything doesn't have to necessarily be PC, but I think it still needs to be funny if it's going to be a mean joke. And I don't think tricking your uncle who loves you and treats you really well into having hope that his wife was pregnant or just rubbing salt in the room, in the wound that they couldn't have a baby. I don't get what's funny about that. Yeah. Like what's like, why would I want to give you money? It's, it's like, and that's one of those things you got to sit your brother down. Not right then. He probably don't, it, it might take him like five years, uh, his brother telling him the same story, 
till he mm-hmm. understands it won't the, the daughter be like oh okay yeah it makes sense why you didn't give him the money I mean but even if he doesn't the brother doesn't agree because I think the brother probably has his own reasons why he wants his daughter's college to be paid for yes. but I think like if that's your uncle and you know him and you guys have this really close relationship you know his sense of humor so at the very least like some people joke about their infertility as a way to like get through the situation and to make light of it but if he you know he's not that type of person and obviously he wasn't enjoying those jokes and the text messages and things like that so why how do you even think that up but once you realize like it's hurting him why did you even continue to do it because like you literally he had a good day hanging out with y'all and you literally ran out to his car and put that on his car like for what yeah and honestly i can't think of uh i don't care if that person jokes about it all the time it's never it's never okay to give them that false hope. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he's joking about it for his own comfort. Even if even if he and was he's no not joking about it, right? Yeah, he's not joking about it. But even if he was joking about it, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean okay. I'm gonna leave a I'm pregnant note on his car. Yeah, that's mean. Those are two different things. What's happening? I, and I do think like, you know, she's a young girl. I think people don't really talk about the issues with infertility enough and how hurtful it can be until like. For couples, a lot of times those conversations don't start happening until they have their own troubles with infertility. Yeah. But I think when you talk to people who really did want to have kids and they couldn't, and you see like even years later, you see their faces and the pain in their voice and things, it's just cruel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We need to lock up. That's what we need. We just need to lock up behind I think this reminds me of like in the last few years, every year I feel it's been a story around a teenager getting like a scholarship or getting into a college or a program and then something is revealed about them and they lose the opportunity and people always say like well you know they're young they shouldn't lose this chance they shouldn't lose this opportunity but I think the brother I mean the OP had a good point where he was like she didn't like I worked really hard for this money I worked hard to gift her something and I realized that she wasn't deserving of that gift and I don't think he stopped loving his niece but I think maybe he realized something about her character or her judgment he's he just decided that he didn't want to give her that gift anymore like having somebody pay for your college is a privilege mm-hmm. and it's a really big deal and so at the very least like if you can't respect this man taking his hard-earned money that would have gone to his children had he been able to have children and given it to you that's such a big gesture. So for you to play a joke on that person, you yeah, know, like, you know, like she she didn't earn it. She proved that she does not deserve that money. Like her, mm-hmm. and that that that's her. It's her character at this point. Mm-hmm. Not saying she can't change mm-hmm. in the future, but right now she doesn't deserve that money. And if you yep. even as her father, if for her to do something like that, you really got to look at her like why mm-hmm. why did you think that was okay? And I think cho- I think doing chores is not a big enough punishment for the impact that her quote-unquote joke caused. It's like, in order for people to learn a lesson, it needs to be, like, the lesson needs to be impactful. So maybe, you know, you don't punish that person, but they need to learn why what they did was hurtful. So maybe you say, like, hey, have the niece sit down and have a conversation with OP and his wife about what their infertility struggle is like and why it's harmful and why it's hurtful, like, 
how it's really hard on couples. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like a restorative healing type thing. But just her doing chores is not going to teach her anything about why what she did was hurtful. Because all she knows right now is it hurt me because it has consequences on me being able to pay for college. She don't really care about how it made him and his wife feel. No, not not at all. She's like, wow, mm-hmm. I'm being I'm being held accountable. Mm-hmm. But I, I was making funnies. Like, you're not making funnies. You know what? Right. That's what wrong with these kids now. TikTok don't think. <laughs> TikTok and YouTube got everybody thinking they got they got, they got a little prank channel now. I just, I mean, I'm thinking about like the people that I know, like in my family who I love or friends who I love. And I think for everybody, I know there are things that they're sensitive about and that I would never joke about. And I love to tease and joke. But I know where that line is with everybody in my life. You know, and if I ever stepped over that line, if there were consequences, then I would just have to accept those. And I think for for him, it doesn't sound like he'll never have a relationship with his niece mm-hmm. again. It'll never. If the, it, hopefully they can reconcile. I, I think they, they will, can, but it'll mm-hmm. never be the same. It won't be the same because it's like you didn't really respect me enough to not do something like that to me. And then, but if I was a dad, I also understand him kind of panicking because it's like, well, dang, now I got to figure out how to pay for this girl's college. Yeah, she she earned the right to lose that that scholarship that that um, money. Yeah, yeah. I I I don't think I think sometimes you got to learn a lesson, and sometimes a lesson is through consequences. Mm -hmm. And I don't think she would have. I don't think chores are going to teach her that lesson. Now, did they have any updates or anything to that story? So, let's see. I, I want to know, because I want to know that she had to end up going to community H-I-U-T-U-D mm. in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. So, this was posted today, so there aren't many updates. But, oh, okay. um, somebody said a really good idea. Um, they said the brother-in-law's immediate reaction of trying to shut down the stop, stepmom made them think that maybe he was aware of what was happening. Because remember when the stepmom was like, oh, that looks like our daughter's handwriting. And the brother was like, no, no. And so that is interesting. It's like, okay, well, did he know that she was doing that? Or did he recognize, at least recognize the handwriting? Yeah, he, he might have recognized it first. And he was like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. Not my baby. I know she ain't this stupid. And that's kind of another reason, too, where it's like, you aren't really going to punish her. You just want her college to get paid for, but you're not really going to punish her. No. You ain't know. You know what? But it's good because we found out she's stupid now. She might <laughs> She might need to college ain't for, college ain't for everybody. Um, she can with her only fans. Oh, boy. Shout out to the stepmom for doing the right thing and, and just putting the daughter on blast and holding her accountable. Um, somebody said they should put the money towards fertility treatments. A lot of people see when they're saying they feel like their brother um, had a, had an inkling of not completely knew that the daughter was doing that. Um, and at the very least, she needs to be sat down and explained to like why that prank was so cruel. Um, OP responded and said, thing is, my brother thinks punishing her by taking away electronics and having her do work is enough punishment, not canceling the fun I started for her. But I already told him... You know, basically the same thing he repeated at the top. It's not a punishment, but she just she's not gonna get the money. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I mean, and I don't. I don't blame him. Hopefully, he's yeah. able to stick through it. At at worst, maybe she gets twenty percent of it, but she can't get that whole thing, no matter how much it is. She does not deserve it. 
Um, yeah, niece needs to see a therapist for sure. I agree with that comment. Mm-hmm. Cause there, there, there's no way that could, that should be an okay thing to do at any point. Mm. Fifty bucks. Her niece has been documenting her disgusting behavior online for fake internet points. Definitely, yeah. like you said. Mm-hmm. She, oh, she, she's so hilarious. <laughs> it, it's like the way that you had to get another phone number. Like where you, like you had so much that you were putting into this prank. Yeah, you know what it probably was. Quote, quote, prank. It's probably a long, one of those long-standing pranks. You edit all the videos together, and it's like, mm. ha ha, tricking my uncle into thinking he's gonna be a dad. Yeah, you don't understand why that is just not cool. Like you can't, you can't, you don't have the foresight to see it. But unfortunately, you gotta have some a little common sense. You don't got no common sense to go to college, no college. That reminds me of this conversation about like people consuming so much stuff online that they don't they don't realize that certain things don't play out the same way in the real world or that things aren't okay it's like when people post videos and you're like you thought that was okay to post <laughs> so like that lady um do you remember a couple years ago it was this this black lady and her husband and they they had like a, a daughter who was like maybe like seven and she was a little she was a little cute little chunky but like she had a little baby fat mm-hmm. and the mom would post videos where they would do like food reviews and then she would like make fun of the daughter for how much food she ate uh, and like for being fat and stuff like that yeah and people were trying to call social services on her and we were like why would you so you watched this video and edited it and you thought the way you were talking to your child was okay but for her it was like talking being mean to her child was like this is so cool. Their thing, yeah. yeah. My child understands. It's, it's not real. Like, no, your no. child is not. No. <laughs> no. Don't think a seven-year-old or any small child understands your sarcasm. And some people don't understand that, like, views and reactions, that's not always good. Like, you can get views for doing something really bad, but what do you, like, now it has a real, real consequence. So maybe people were laughing at it, yeah, the Kardashians give you likes all the time on their pictures and some of them with crazy Photoshop. That doesn't mean those are good good likes. Yeah, the, I mean, you watching them, the backlash gets you just as much attention as the good thing. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, but like you said, if this is where her judgment is now, maybe it's not time for her to go away to college. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's time for the parents to step in and do some interventions with her because that's, that's just so cruel. Can't believe it. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of cruelty today. We got to do a little next we time. We did. <laughs> well, hopefully the McDonald's story and the bashing on the Disney adults, hopefully that that made it a little less sad. Adult, adult Disney was a little, little sad. <laughs> and, uh, but McDonald's was funny. I had a good time, though. I, you know what? I had a good time talking to you, though. I had a good time hanging out with you. Hey, you got to hang out with you more often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little stuff cheats. <laughs> but thank you. Hey, thank you everybody for you know coming yeah, out here, yeah. listening with us, making it through this whole journey. Yeah, let us hit us up on our social media. Let us know. Are you a Disney adult? <laughs> Please, I wanna. I would like to. I want to interview a Disney adult. See what's in their mind. But you know what? Go like she said. Go to the, go to the bottom. Go to the social medias. Hit us. Write us. You yes. wanna say anything to the people? Um. Instagram, that's a tough one pod. Twitter, that's a underscore tough one. Like, share, subscribe. Bye.